0: To another episode of self-talk show where we dive deep into the world of personal growth and transformation i'm your show host Mithali Ori, and today we have a very special guest joining us he's a renowned transformational coach and the creator of the groundbreaking peak transformational experience method that has been changing lives across the globe i'm thrilled to introduce you to Zubay Ramani a true visionary and a catalyst for personal change Zubair has developed a unique approach that goes beyond traditional methods. His peak transformational experience method combines elements of mindset reprogramming, emotional intelligence, and holistic wellness practices to create a transformative journey like no other. In this episode, we'll explore Zubair's own journey and how he discovered his passion for transformational coaching. We'll dwell into the principles of his method discussing how it empowers individuals to break free from limiting beliefs, overcome obstacles, and tap into their untapped potential. Get ready to be inspired as Zubair shares his insight, stories of remarkable transformations, and practical tips that you can apply in your own life. So if you're ready to embark on a transformative adventure and unleash your peak potential, this episode is for you. Let's dive in and learn from the extraordinary wisdom of Zubair, the mastermind behind the peak transformational experience method. Zubair, welcome to Self Talk Show. I would first like to applaud you for your commendable work. Secondly, very honored to have you as my podcast guest.
1: Greetings, Mitali. I hope you're doing great. Uh, Thank you for having me here in your podcast. It's such a pleasure such an honor. And uh, I'd like to uh, thank you, actually, for the work that you're doing for the world, uh, the positive impact you're having through your podcast, through your content, right? And uh, I know uh, people like you and many others who are in the mission to impact the world don't get uh, enough appreciation from people. And at the same time, people don't realize how much uh, your impact or spreads to through uh, the world because if we impact a uh, mother today, the mother is better for the family and the family is better for the community and the community is better for the world, right? So I want to thank you for the work you're doing and uh, may God bless you, may God uh, continue firing and keeping uh, your heart uh, with this passion uh, and purpose-driven uh, motto to continue doing what you're doing. So thank you for having me here.
0: Thank you so much for your kind words. I truly appreciate it. Now let's shift the spotlight back to you. Can you please share with us your personal journey that led you to become a transformational life coach?
1: So I like to bridge the first question with the second question because they are a bit interconnected, right? So my journey and number two, what inspired you to create the peak transformational experience method and how does this method differ from other coaching methodologies? So. I created uh, this peak uh, PTE method, peak transfer experience method, out of necessity actually. So my journey it started uh, I think six, six years back, if not seven. So there is there was this time where I was uh, diagnosed uh, with a back disease which had no name actually. So t- it started where I had some very painful uh, back pains, the lower back, right? So I just thought it was maybe normal. Uh, so i went on just ignoring the pain but slowly by slowly it became worse and worse i started taking painkillers and uh, it will get better but soon when like the painkillers effects four or five hours later the pain will come back so after some time uh about two or three weeks it got so bad that i could not walk properly i could not sleep properly i could not uh, uh sit properly i i left uh, doing exercise uh, i could not like I was more of immobile, right? My, my mobility was reduced like from 100% to 10%. So I was rushed to the hospital. And uh, yeah, when I reached the hospital, I remember I was uh, hospitalized for around uh, 10 days straight. I was admitted. Uh, the doctors were just giving me their pink healers and I had drips in my hand. At that time, I could not even sit. So I was just laying straight. And I was just laying in bed straight doing everything while laying in bed so I will be fed while I'm lying in bed uh, at that time the feeding was like just two because I had zero appetite sleep like I could not sleep at night because of the immense pain I was going through and at the same time I was having drips remember I had like three drips in my hand two were uh, painkillers uh, the others were uh, uh, vitamins and uh, nutrients and all that so the doctors did all the scans uh, from MRI to x-ray to CD scans to blood tests everything and uh, nothing nothing came out from the test to show that maybe there was something physical physically hurt or physically broken in my in my back but at the same time the pain was immensely there I could not talk as I told you I could not sit I could not do anything I was just laying in bed so after ten days, I started doing physiotherapy uh, to help me get my mobility back, and uh, I was discharged. But I was now uh, taking medication from home, so I was still taking painkillers, some nerve medications to numb the pain, to numb to numb my nerves so that I can't feel the pain. And at the same time, doing physiotherapy, going to the hospital, and all that. After about uh, two months, I was a bit able to walk and all that. Uh, but now, second time it happened where. I got like this uh, pain back attack, something like that. So, you know, rush of pain comes at the same time. You feel like the whole body is being uh, screwed by hot nails. That's how painful it was. You feel like every single joint, every single inch of your body is in pain. So I was again rushed to hospital under uh, the same procedures. At that time, I even... Uh, some doctors flew in you know i was in a private hospital at the best one of the best ones in our country i saw the best neurosurgeons and all that but they could see nothing from their, from their scans and all that so it was pretty tough pretty rough because um uh, for me i was living in hell at that time right and uh, the doctors are like they can't see anything and you know you go to the doctor with the with the belief in mind in that the doctor will find out what's wrong with you and be able to help you right but you go there and then uh, you get crickets you know <laughs> they can't they can't see anything wrong with you so this is the second time and uh, the pains and the situation went on like for about six eight months so like uh, when you reached the eighth man uh, in the hospital and all that not being able to walk and and all the pain I was going through uh, it was the most depressing moment in my life actually yeah uh, these were the times where i was constantly think- thinking of taking my life i remember at night when i was not able to sleep until i like ring the bell because of the pain was too much and uh, even the nurse said yeah, she had to come and uh, inject me with some sleeping pills for me to able to be able to sleep because i couldn't stay the whole night without sleeping till f- 3 4 5 a.m in the morning i'm just awake there is like zero grams of sleep in my head right so uh, the eighth month uh there was this doctor who took my case from the beginning he said uh him with some other doctors uh, neurosurgeons and all that and uh, as a uh, psychiatrist psychologist like a team who were handling my case at the time and they came and they broke the news to me with my dad uh, while we were there and i uh, said uh, he told us that uh, uh i've been here uh, been medicated being you know under under their radar they have done everything that they could do and they say that uh they can't help me so i just have to you know go, go home and uh, continue the medication at home and uh maybe you know with god's will i'll get better that's exactly what they said, and it's in the moment when it hit me that uh even the best of the best doctors could not help me but now i had to help myself so it's when I, I searched everything under the sun uh, to see if I can get myself better. So at that time, uh, I was already into the personal development field, so I was, I was giving talks here and there uh, in some schools. Yeah. I was in uh, Instagram, I was engaging with friends and uh, and uh, followers asking me questions. And so I was just giving out advice and helping people just for free, you know, as a passion and a hobby. Because I was really deeply in love with psychology in this field of uh, personal development and personal growth. So at that time, uh, I was like, okay, I, I really have to search for the roots and roots of what can get me better. So I searched for everything under the sun. I went to search the best of the best coaches and experts, the best of the best fields from Tony Robbins, Marie Pia, if you know her. Britain's greatest therapies to Dr. Jordi Spencer to proslepton. Like the best of the best in the industry of science and psychology and uh, neuro, you know, neuroscience and neurology and epigenetics and uh, everything, right? Psychology. So after about three, four months, I got myself back. I was, the pains were gone. I was unable to move and back to exercising and, uh, you know, I had lost like 25 pounds at that time through, through, through the period. i was able to gain back my weight and uh yeah i can say i it it was a transformation because where i was before and where i was after it's like black and white that's how distinct they were so at that time is when i was like okay uh because uh through my research of uh, the things i used and the tools and the knowledge to help myself i was like uh, getting one tool from uh, this side east and the other tool from west and this tool from you know different people with different uh, science and fields I had to combine all of them to be able to create like uh, a comprehensive tool and methodology to heal myself and that was the birth of peak transformation experience it was out of necessity for myself and uh, at the time when I was looking in the market or uh, in the space to look for something to help me straight I could not find one single comprehensive method, right, which could work for me, right, or f- for my, my situation. And at times, time is when I realized that uh, there are so many other people who are in pain, who are suffering, who are with uh, even others with less conditions like me, right, who are just finding it hard create changes in their lives right I say for example someone who wants to lose weight right it's such a simple thing but it's find many people struggling to do that right people struggling with fears maybe public speaking right or phobias right or confidence issues self-esteem issues right Or people with anger issues Those just just those are just small uh, i can say small problems compared to what i went through right so that was the birth of a pte method um uh, uh, and uh the difference uh the difference of pte from other methodologies is based on three things because at the time i wanted to get myself out of that uh, situation through the fastest means right the the quickest means possible and at the same time the most effective And permanent because I didn't want something which will work today and then the next day I'm back to the hospital right because I was tired of the situation uh, you know going back and forth and all that so my methodology is based on a simple principle that uh, we are the creators or we're the creators of each and every experience in our lives whether it's disease health relationship or broken relationships whether it's uh wealth or poverty whether it's confidence or fear these are experiences and these experiences they have a structure right and as far as you can tap into the structure in the brain or how these experiences are neurologically wired in the brain and uh, restructure the circuits and the structure of that experience right you change the structure of fear into confidence right the structure of sickness into health how this person creates that experience right it becomes permanent right and that person is able to pretty much change his or her situation very quickly right so it's easier faster and the same permanent because we're dealing with the structure of the experience the problem some someone is going through And then we will restructure the problem itself and how he is creating the problem, right, from creating fear to creating confidence, for example, from creating sickness to creating health, like for me. So it's based on that. And uh, these changes take place neurologically, hence being effective and being permanent. So now people don't have to, you know, go on for 12 months or two years of therapy just to heal traumas. But you can heal traumas in under 60 minutes. Because I just go to the structure of the trauma in the brain. And I restructure the trauma from, you know, keeping you in grief and fear and sadness and depression. To flipping the structure of the trauma as a resource for growth, right? As a point of uh, reflection and not a jail to live in. And... Once I've restructured that trauma in the brain and we dissect the memory from the emotion, now the trauma isn't producing or the memory isn't producing the bad feelings of sadness and depression and helplessness, the trauma has no effect in the person. So now the person has the memory, but the memory has no control, has no power over the person because the feelings end there and at the same time, we have restructured how the trauma was neurologically wired in the brain hope that is a great example to demonstrate a PTE method.
0: Thank you so much, Zubair, for giving us a gist about your peak transformation experience method. Also, I wanted to take a moment to appreciate and acknowledge the incredible journey you have been through with your back pain. It's truly inspiring to see how you have overcome such a challenging module. Your story serves as a beacon of hope for others who may be going through similar difficulties It's not just the physical pain you conquered, but also the mental and emotional challenges that often accompany such experiences. Your perseverance in seeking treatments, trying various therapies, and and never giving up on finding a solution is a testament to your unwavering commitment to your own well-being. I'm in awe of how you have taken control of your health and made significant strides towards healing. So hats off to you. Could you please provide some examples of how Peak Transformational Experience Method has helped individuals achieve significant personal growth? Would you like to share any success stories or memorable transformations that have resulted from using Peak Transformational Experience Method?
1: Okay, one that comes in mind, of course, it's mine, right? From that period of my life where, you know, I was depressed or almost suicidal and just in a dark hole, right? To where i am right now or where i was you know for three four months after that you know it's kind of it's really touching and uh, every single day when i think about that i'm like did that really happen or i even don't believe it myself right because of how worse my situation was even my parents you know my aunts uncles relatives they will not believe that you know if like every single moment we meet till today they ask me how is your back you know how are you doing you know is it back or you know, is is are the pains back with you or does it occur once in a while? Like I said no. And they still don't believe that I was able to heal myself completely. So that is transformation. That that is transformational, right? So one that comes in mind was a client that I worked with. She she was going through some difficulties in her relationship. And uh, so she was with her boyfriend like for three years. Another time they were dating. But it, it was a very rocky relationship. Uh, when she came to me, and she was telling me uh, that uh, they, like sometimes they could not, uh, just small thing. they could argue from small things. They could go three, four days without talking to each other. She could text her boyfriend, she doesn't reply back. You know, she blood text her in WhatsApp. And uh, the problem came because the girl was 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 having a best male friend, right? Her best friend was a male friend, whom I think was her neighbor. So the boyfriend was having problem uh, with her because she was having a friend who was male. And sometimes the best friend would provide some comfort to the girl. When the boyfriend will not reply, so there were these nights when uh, the girl was deeply in love with this boy, and she would text her and the boy would not reply, so the boy uh, will, uh, uh, the boyfriend will see the girlfriend online like till 12 or 1 am, and uh, he was like, "Why is it online till now, right? You know you should be sleeping." You know you can see how controlling this, this boyfriend was but at that time it was when the best friend was coming and uh, was comforting her and telling her it's gonna be fine and all that so it's been that for like six months uh with the girlfriend so she came to me she was like i've been wanting to end this relationship but i don't know i can't i can't end it like i'm so deeply in love with this boy but at the same time i know he is not doing you know he's not uh loving to me he's so domineering he wants to control me and all that and uh when i asked her if you think about you ending the relationship what do you feel she said i feel terrified i feel like you know there was this strong fear that was you know haunting her. the moment she even just thought about ending the relationship she said it was so terrifying that sometimes she could lose her sleep you know by just thinking about ending the relationship so it was affecting you know her in work at the same time she was studying she could not focus on her studies she was doing her postgraduate so she came to me and uh, we delve into the problem so it was so simple uh, that she could she didn't even believe what the problem was so I'll share that with you so when uh, we delve into the problem the fear the the terrifying fear was coming from a belief that uh, ending the relationship means suffering and she's like wow okay How will I suffer? Because, you know, uh, she's now working, she can take care of herself and all that. And that fear, that uh, belief that uh, if you end a relationship, you're going to suffer, came from a very traumatic experience. So when she was around uh, five, six years, her dad left her mom, right? And then when the dad left her mom, because things were not going well, the mom was really struggling to take care of her and her sister. So from that period when dad left, and she was seeing she uh, she was seeing her mom suffering you know going to take loans to pay because her, mom, her, mom, her mom wasn't working taking loans to pay for their school fees to pay for their food to pay for their rent she formed the belief that if you're in love with a person right and the husband the boyfriend leaves you you're gonna suffer so the moment she experienced her mom suffering from her dad leaving she formed the belief that okay when i get into a relationship i'll never end relationship because ending the relationship means suffering right even if the relationship is itself suffering so once we dissolved that memory and restructured the belief into a more powerful belief and explained to her that it's different now and uh, you know that six uh, five six year old and now you have a job you can take care of yourself she called me the next day and told me that uh, she actually had called her boyfriend and uh, she told her straight in the face that uh, uh, this ain't working for us, and I'm ending this. And after that, six months later, she got married to her best friend, and uh, now they're happily uh, ever married. she's now happy. She was able to focus back in her studies, she got her postgraduates, and uh, yeah, it was so memorable for me. Um, now she's taking care of her mother actually, and they're doing great. so, that really shows the power of this method, the PTE method, right? If she would have gone maybe uh, to use the other conventional methods, you know, it would have been sitting down with a boyfriend and, uh, you know, uh, working out your uh, resolution issues or how you handle each other and all that. A long story, right? But this took less than a week, right? And you can see the profound changes that was found in her. So yeah, that, uh, that, that story came, came in mind right now.
0: That's quite an incredible success story. What are some common challenges or obstacles that your clients typically face during their transformative journey and how do you help them overcome those challenges?
1: Okay, so question four. What are some common challenges or obstacles that your clients typically face during their transformative journey and how do you help them overcome those challenges? So the most common challenge that most of my clients or people who come to me are going, are going through is, uh, as I told you, you're looking at the structure of the problem, not the problem itself, right? So when people come to me, they're like, okay, I'm having trouble with my relationship, with my finance, with my job, you know, with my health, with me losing weight. I don't know what's the problem. Most of the time, my clients the common thing is they don't know what's producing the undesired results they want right i'm gaining more weight you know i have anger issues with my wife and i can't control my my, my, myself when she does this thing or my boss is this and i'm so scared to give a presentation all that and i don't know where the fear is coming from right or what where the anger is coming from right so mostly they don't know what's creating the undesired result they are having, what's creating the undesired experience they are having. So the common issue here is the unconscious beliefs. You see, we are we are like computers, right? Or we are, we are like machines and this body and the brain is run by a program, right? 95% of the program is pre-installed and it's unconscious running automatically. Only 5% of that are the conscious programs which we choose right consciously and within the time now so when people come to me their problems are mostly run by unconscious or unaware programs and beliefs which are running out of their conscious awareness right so they have an unconscious program which is creating the fear when they want to give a presentation right they have this unconscious belief which is being run right through the body through themselves that is creating the anger issues right so if i have to explain more on that you see uh 95 percent of our beliefs are unconscious and we accumulate 95 of those 95 percent of those beliefs by between the age of one and seven right and from that they get pre-installed in our brain and those beliefs go on to govern every single decision experience that we're gonna have for the rest of our lives and uh it happens that so because from the age of one and seven, we end up collecting beliefs, we end up forming judgments, we end up forming conclusions based on our four, five, six-year-old brains. You get it? Like if you go back to the story of that girl, right? She mm, she formed the conclusion that husband or, you know, dad leaving mom, mom is suffering. So that means If you are in a relationship, you should not leave because if you leave, you're going to suffer, right? That is the conclusion she formed when she was six years old, right? That got pre-installed and it went on to govern and lead to the experience she was having, the broken relationship, right? So most of these beliefs you have from the age of one and seven, some of them are not helpful beliefs right because they are formed when our conscious we we were not able to reason them out right and they got pre-installed so we end up uh, going through uh, life 20 30 40 50 years later with these beliefs which are unconscious right running and creating the experiences giving us the thoughts and the feelings you're having right based on that 456 year old boy or girl right so if people can realize that their life problems they are having right now is that it's not, it's not about the environment outside it's not about the government or the traffic or the diet or what but it's about me and that there is a program running this experience because every experience has a structure and a program running it whether you are aware of it or whether you are not aware of it and that is the biggest problem we ain't aware of the things running, right? These experiences you don't want in life. So I help people discover what is, what are these programs creating the experiences they don't want. The fear, the depression, the anxiety, the weight gain, the stress, right? The financial struggles that I don't want. And then when I help them and, and value to them how the beliefs so are formed and how they're not helpful, right? And from new ones, it changes everything. So that is the most common one. And it's common among each and every problem that one may face.
0: Absolutely. In your opinion, what are the essential qualities of mindset shifts that individuals need to embrace in order to experience true transformation?
1: True transformation, as you have pointed it out. You see, uh, if, if you go back to my experience, right, after those eight, nine months, uh, painful nine months, uh, if... Let's say if it was someone else or maybe if it was me, uh, I would have reacted in a different way. I would have said, okay, if doctors can't help me, I can't help myself, you know, I would have just, you know, even ended up doing suicide because I was like every single day, every single night, I was thinking of taking my life, right? But I had a choice, and I said, because they can't help me, it's up to me, right? And uh, out of all the things I did to create this method and to heal myself, nothing came from outside, everything came from within me. So. A mindset shift that anybody listening can make is that we are the source and the creators of every experiences we are having. If in my time, I would have said, okay, it is, maybe it is, uh, maybe the conditions that made me sick, or maybe where I sleep, or maybe where I live, or any other thing, maybe, right? Or maybe it's stress that, that, that made me sick, right? I would have put the power and the source of my experience uh, to an outside circumstance right and any and we can't control anything outside of us right and the moment i i would have made that uh, judgment or the decision that what is causing me pain is not within me but outside me i will have been focusing outside and because the answers are not really outside i will have been looking and looking and looking till you know the age where okay there are no answers now what now it's the end right either end my life or maybe some miracle happens, you know, I find a doctor who will help me, which didn't happen, right? But I realized the moment, right, that we are the source and the creators of our own experiences. Whether the experiences are good or whether they are bad, we are the source and the creators. When you make that mindset shift, it puts you into a powerful state because if you are the source of fear, You can manage the fear you can control the fear you can dissolve the fear you can handle the fear itself right if i am the source of that if i am not the source of fear maybe it is my boss or maybe it is my you know uh, the job i'm doing or the project right i can't control my boss i can't control something outside myself right and that becomes actually brings in more fear because i have the fear The fear itself, and at the same time, the fear that I can't control, the thing bringing the fear into me, right? But the moment you realize that I am the source of my experience, it changes everything. And this is where it's a very big shift that if you make, especially in times where, you know, these hard times like mine, right? Uh, Maybe you are going through financial issues, going through health issues, you're going to understand as far as even sometimes the situation the circumstances or the environment can force you into the into making the conclusion that the environment is the source of experiences right the bad experiences but it's nothing outside it's all within you the moment you make that shift it changes everything because the brain starts to help you think and to bring up ideas okay if i am the source of this fear i can control it right so what can i do to myself i can do this i can do that and there are many things you can do to yourself which can actually change experience if i tell you one thing right let's take an experience like sadness and happiness right where is the experience happening right because if we wipe out every single individual in this planet right and the earth just remains with trees and animals and buildings will we have sadness or happiness or fear or joy or health or sickness there'll be no such experience because all the experiences are from you and are within you right you are creating those experiences based on sometimes outside outside stuff right You is an ice cream you feel happy right what made you happy not the ice cream you use the ice cream to make yourself happy but the happiness was created inside of you right the joy or the excitement i can say that so the moment you make the decision or you have this mindset shift and You realize that every single time, I'm creating joy, I'm creating fear, I'm creating anxiety. Not from a place of blaming yourself, no, but from a powerful state in that I am the creator. And because I can create this, I can choose to create another thing which is helpful for me, right? So we, both me and you, we are the creators and the source of all of our experiences. And maybe because uh, we are not that good, right? We, we ain't doing a good job at creating good experiences, right? So the mind takes over and creates the bad ones we should not want, right? But you have to know, you have to make the mindset shift that you are the creator of each and every experience that you have in your life.
0: I completely agree that we are the creators of our own experiences. Can you share some insights on why people often struggle to create the changes they desire in different areas of their lives, such as health and weight loss, financial life, relationships, and work? Would you like to share some transformational methodologies or strategies that can help people achieve their objectives in any area of their lives?
1: So people often uh, uh, people often struggle to make changes because of... Uh... One major thing, okay. Some um, the many, but one major one is that the way we have been conditioned to change, right? And this uh, has been profitable for people who have conditioned us to think about change. So if you ask someone, uh, or if I ask Kumitai to finish the sentence, change is what comes in mind is the word hard, right? Change is hard. Change is difficult. Change takes long, right? We have been conditioned. On the long, difficult way of changing. So if you went through a past traumatic experience, if you're changing, they tell you, you know, you have to go for therapy for two years, and after that, you have to do this and do that. And even the moment you, you know, the moment you make rapid changes in your life, they start questioning you like, were you really suffering from the problem, right? Because People have been conditioned by society by the media by other people that change is so hard change is difficult change takes long and this has been so profitable for companies outside there they're actually capitalizing on the belief that change is so hard so for example you go home you're so stressed uh, by maybe a project in work right and uh, you reach home you're so tired you know uh, you can't even uh, calm yourself you can't calm yourself into getting into you know the mood of uh in, in in fitting into the environment of the family right being able to uh, uh greet your wife and the children and be present and be joyful with them but you take your stressful uh situations from work and project into the house right and it ends up affecting your life your your family and uh, your family time at that time so you switch on the tv see an ad right just coca-cola is coming there and uh, they're just showing someone who is straight from the work and he's so stressed and he just takes a coca-cola and drinks it and he feels relaxed you know and feels good and, and feels it's cold you know and the moment you open uh, the bottle you know there are these refreshment uh, voices that they project like you know the, when, when you open the cock and they just tell you that you know you don't have to think about changing a situation you know the easiest way to do it is with this coca-cola right but if someone is struggling with confidence, right, for him to go uh, to look at what is creating him to be unconfident, no, he just he just sees an ad that you know if you buy the BMW, you're gonna feel you're gonna feel more confident, right, or if you buy this Armani suit, right, which is you know five thousand dollars, you're gonna feel powerful and confident, right. So markets outside there are conditioning us that the easy way is to buy things outside. You know, buy this sort, you're going to feel confident. If you're a lady, buy this makeup, you're going to feel beautiful, right? If you are this, buy this, buy this, and buy this, you're going to feel that way, right? Because we believe that if I decide to change myself, maybe to, to deal with my unconfidence, right, or to deal, to deal with... Uh, the issues of me not feeling beautiful. It's so hard, but the easiest way is to me to buy the makeup, to buy the suit, to buy the soda. So I've been conditioned that change is so hard, and the easiest way is to buy and profit these companies, which is, which runs me nuts, which, uh, I don't know, winning this battle is so hard because you can't fight all the companies, but what I can do is through speaking to people, is through this podcast, I can share to them that, hey, change is so easy. As far as you know, it's all within yourself, right? Where is confidence? Okay, if someone is talking with self-confidence, where is this confidence coming from? It's from within you. Even the time you realize that, or the time you get your confidence back, it wasn't from anything outside, it was all within you, right? Maybe it's so the way you got the confidence was a long way. But it is just checking what is producing the the unconfidence that you're having, the fears you're having, the phobias you're having, having, and restructuring the experience and the neurological circuitries in your brain, which are running you into producing the unconfidence and the fear, and just changing the structures into producing confidence and producing courage instead of fear, right? And producing good self-worth and high self-value for yourself. It is that easy. Because we scroll every single day And we are being marketed Hey, if you look at everything you buy It's nothing about the thing It's all about feelings You want to feel confident You want to feel beautiful You want to feel happy You want to feel joyful You want to feel excitement, right? Because we don't know how to get these uh, uh, feelings from ourselves And what we you know is that It is so hard to be happy But the moment you buy a kind of ice cream You're going to feel happy So what do you do? No, just buy the ice cream I feel happy and it's all that It's as easy as that But remember that is not the way right they just they're using your emotional uh they're using your ignorance because you don't know and at the same time they're using your emotional emptiness inside you if you suffer from fear and four years and low self-worth or you know uh, financial issues relationship weight issues they are using that to profit themselves because they know you don't know they know that mentality there doesn't know how to feel happy but the moment she buys five cans of ice cream every single day, she's going to feel happy, right? So what I can share with you is that change is so easy. If you know how, if you know the right way, if you have the right strategies and methodology, and it all starts within you, not from outside. Okay, question seven, Mitali. Uh, from experience, what are the common factors that hold most people back from easily and consistently creating the changes they desire? So people don't know how, right? That is uh, a very common factor, right? if i ask someone because if someone if uh, if someone knew how to change his weight he would not be overweight if someone knew how to make his uh relationship more loving right and more joyful he will do that right but because they don't know how to do so they get stuck right they get stuck not knowing how they maybe they sometimes people know the how but they know it you know just through knowledge right Okay, if i have to end my fears you know i have to believe in myself and i have to not get scared and i just know maybe uh, it's normal it you know they just know it consciously right and uh, to a very shallow level but they don't know how you know with this step by step and how the problem is being created and the structures and what's going on internally that is producing the experience they don't want so the common factor is people don't know how right and uh, one thing uh is to know that as i've said before change it's from inside out all changes happen within you don't focus on changing anything outside yourself but you gotta start by changing everything within yourself and uh, i can break this down into three things right if you if you think about any experience you're having sadness anger uh you know anxiety sickness or joy health confidence and wealth right if you look at if, if you look at all these experiences they are made up of three things right they made up of thoughts, emotions, behaviors, every single experience, right? So the thoughts are the pictures and sounds we make in our head, right? And the moment you have any single thought, right? Uh, they say we have about 50,000 thoughts in a minute, I think. And uh, your 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 brain can only focus on a small fraction of that. So a lot of thoughts, they go unmonitored, right? They, are, they go out of our uh, conscious awareness, right? And this become the unconscious thoughts that they run and produce the consequent emotions right so back to thoughts so the thoughts you're having anytime you have a thought your body goes on to produce a corresponding biochemical reaction in the body right so the thoughts are the language of the brain feelings are the language of the body so everything you feel It must be communicated in the body, every single cell will know that this time you are thinking about fearful thoughts this time you think about confident thoughts this time you think about depressing thoughts or sad thoughts or joyful thoughts so every that's why you have the mind body connection right because the mind and the body are one of the same entity they are the same system right but they just operate kind of differently right the mind operates through thinking and the thoughts right these are neurons which are firing together Connecting, creating secretaries, and now the body speaks chemically right through chemicals which you feel as emotions So every time you have a thought a fearful thought about the future about the past as a thought a joyful thought It is communicated through the body every single cell will have to respond to that thought by producing the corresponding chemicals which are the emotions and feelings and now the emotions they put us in a state of acting or behaving, right? So when you feel excited, you're going to act in a certain way. When you feel fearful, you're going to be acting in a certain way, right? When you feel fear, you're going to act in certain ways, make bad decisions, you know. When you feel anger, you're going to lash, throw out your words, insult. When you feel peaceful, you know, and joyful, you're going to be calm, you're going to be serene, make better decisions, be good to your family, you know, be healthier, right? So it's all about the thoughts so if you can find a way to make sure that the thoughts you're having every single time are in are in correspond correspondence to the future you want to create i wanna be happy and i wanna be cheerful i be healthy and i wanna be confident and i wanna be loving right i wanna feel enough all this all these goals here for yourself all these all these dreams they are gonna match your thoughts right and your thoughts have to match your dreams and after that the body is gonna do its job which is to produce a correspondence feelings right which map the thoughts okay now mitali is feeling joyful now mitali is feeling abundant now mitali is feeling healthy now mitali is feeling uh self-confidence right the body produces feelings and that will put you in an emotional state in a state of being that's why when i you ask me to describe mitali or you know someone else right i'll always describe the person in accordance to feelings or what you do. I'll say Mitali, ah, I tally, she's such a happy person, she's such joyful, you know, she's so nice, and she's a podcaster, and she's this, right? So what describes you or your state of being is your feelings, she's happy, joyful, you know, humorous, you know, and all that. And the things you do, podcaster, teacher, doctor, right? And these things are based on the thoughts and the feelings it's as simple as that right not the simple but it's as simple as that so if you structure the thoughts and the emotions and the behaviors you're gonna have the life that you want you can have any dream life that you want as far as you structure your thoughts and the emotions and the consequent behaviors and habits which will direct you into the life that you want
0: brilliantly explained can you provide some insights on how individuals can break free from compulsive behaviors and addictions such as food or work? How can they overcome fears and phobias that stop them from achieving their goals?
1: Okay, the question is really packed, Mitali. <laughs> You're a really good podcaster on that, when asking questions. Uh, so let's talk about compulsive behaviors and addictions. Okay. So, most of the times, people uh, who are addicted to something or have compulsive behaviors, they think they can't control themselves and they just find themselves engaging in those behaviors or even feelings. Some people are addicted to stress, actually. To feelings. People are addicted to feelings like stress and sadness and being depressed and being fearful. Uh, maybe I'll talk about that uh, as we go on. But any compulsive behavior or addiction is simply that... Uh, the brain right the brain is going after a goal or a need without your awareness so for example if I am addicted uh, to let's say smoking right the brain there is a need that my body or my brain is trying to fulfill there is a need that my body and brain is trying to meet through the smoking that I am NOT aware of you get it that becomes an addiction so Anytime you think of these smoker things of smoking, he just thinks of taking the cigarette, right, and that feeling of, you know, I have to, you know, I can't take it, you know, I have to take a cigarette, I have to smoke it, you know, that com- being compelled to do so. But it's only thinking consciously of smoking, but underlying that, that thought came from a feeling because he felt it right and as you've said feelings comes from thought right and this thought is an aware so this thought it's it's a thought running unconsciously right and uh it's a need be trying to be met by his unconscious brain so we can talk more about the conscious and the unconscious brain uh if you look at these two brains uh the conscious not two brains one brain but two parts of the brain you have the conscious part and you have the subconscious or the unconscious part so this unconscious part uh is made up of two major major systems one is the limbic system okay the limbic system controls or processes our emotions, manages our emotions, how we feel. Then the other one is the cerebellum, which controls our movements or actions, right? And in the unconscious part of the brain is where we have unconscious thoughts and patterns which are being run, right? So this person, there is a need. Maybe he feels stressed, right? And when he feels stressed, the body wants to feel not being stressed, wants to feel calm so instead of the unconscious brain telling the conscious that hey uh or Mitali is stressed and the only way not to feel stressed is by smoking it just tells the conscious brain to smoke and because you've said in the unconscious part is where emotions limbic system runs runs the emotions you feel like you have to smoke right and then the the brains uh, the conscious the unconscious in the single to the conscious part that hey you gotta smoke you know you gotta smoke you gotta smoke you feel like smoking and the thought of smoking and of smoking but the need being felt maybe is that you're feeling uncomfortable maybe you're being stressed by work you're being stressed by you know relationship and family being stressed by health and the only way to numb to numb those feelings of stress is through smoking. So the body and the brain are looking for some comfort, right? And looking not to feel stressed. Just an example, okay? I'm looking not to feel stressed through smoking, right? But you, that is not in your awareness because you just feel like smoking, and you just think of smoking, right? But these two are stemming from the unconscious, which is running a pattern. Running a thought, running a program, which is trying to meet a need which you don't know. Those are, that is addiction and, and compulsive behaviors. And the moment you get rid of addictions is if you find out the need that the brain is trying to meet, that's it. The moment you identify the need, you can find new ways of meeting that need. And sometimes even the, the need uh, may be can be met once and for all. So, for example, someone may want to feel uh, calm or we want to feel confident, right? And because the moment he feels unconfident or has low self worth, right? Which is uh, very common with people who feel unconfident, they have uh, low self esteem. And I can say that low self esteem, low self worth are the same thing, right? They try and find themselves being addicted to like shopping, right? Or some foods, right? Because when they eat that, They feel good and they can numb these feelings of low self worth. So, if we can go to this person and say, okay, this food, this addiction is trying to meet the need to feel high self esteem, high self worth, we can run and pattern where that low self esteem came from. And mostly it's from the past right maybe an experience happened maybe an event happened right and if you go to that experience right and heal the experience dissolve the feelings right and change the conclusions that were made based on that event that hey this bear mitali isn't a low self-esteem person but it's high but he or she is a high self-esteem person there will no longer be a need for this person to try and meet the need of feeling low self-esteem through food or through the addiction because right now he's feeling high self-esteem right it's as simple as that and he also asked about the fears and phobias okay so fear is a negative anticipation of the future based sometimes based on a past unmanaged experience so if tomorrow you're having a presentation you find yourself being fearful of giving the presentation is because maybe in the past you messed up right maybe in the past your boss warned you, wondered, hey if you don't do a good job i'm going to fire you right or maybe you went there sometimes and uh, you hit five points and you forgot two or three points so you're able just to mention two points right Based on that experience, you formed fear. And because your brain is trying to protect you from repeating that experience, it will give you some fear, right? That is simply fear. So you can do two things. Number one is you can... You can go back and restructure the past, uh, the event that happened that, that is creating the fear. Maybe you go to the past and uh, you didn't forget your points because of you, maybe because there was no time, right? Or maybe because you hadn't written the points down. But if this time you write the points down, you're not going to forget, right? And you're going to do a good job. That is number one. And number two, you can prepare better. That is a typical, uh, the typical, uh, uh that's a typical advice they give you. But if if you prepare, and not go back and uh, treat or manage where the fear is coming from however much you prepare you're still going to have the fears right so if you go back the structure where the fear is coming from dissolve those emotions make new conclusions that hey last time i didn't mess up it's just that this happened but if this time if i do x y and z i'm not going to feel fearful because i have dissolved I have managed where the fear is coming from as simple as that and fear and face a very broad topic right you have people who are being stopped to go after the dreams because they have fear of failure few people will think about them so uh talking about fear uh it has a lot of roots right it has a lot of uh, uh, uh branches and where it's stemming from and on what basis right and uh, but fear is mainly one thing right i can say the structure of fear is that it's uh the negative anticipation of a future right based on our past and managed experience as simple as that if you manage the past experience from the beliefs which were formed maybe right from uh the unmanaged emotions which came through that past event right and if you manage those right and if you restructure the conclusions you made fear dissolves as simple as that right fear dissolves so as as far as you can broaden the fear into a lot of stuff right from fear of failure to fear of how people think about you and this research says there are about 50 types of fear right that's so much (laughs) i don't know how many you have metali right but they're all based on that fear is the negative anticipation of the future based on a past and managed experience. So, uh, I have a story. there was uh, this girl who, mm, I, she came to me and she had uh, some social anxiety, as they call it. So, she would feel so fearful around people, like even the times they'll have visitors at home. Like if if there are more than three, four or five guests, she'll just be locking herself in the bedroom, right? So, she came to me and... Uh, When we were going through the process, there was a time where she had an accident, okay? So she left home at night to go into the shop, and uh, she was crossing the road, right? So a car was passing by, and you didn't see her. Maybe the driver didn't see her. And uh, she doesn't remember exactly what happened, but she remembers remembers herself waking up in the incident, and uh, she was a bit uncovered in the chest, just a bit, as she told me. And there were like thirty people surrounding her. So, you know, uh, that moment she said, "From then is when she started having social anxiety." Right. So, went through that experience. Right. We dissolved the emotion that came from the conclusions that were formed, in the beliefs that were formed from that uh, from, from that experience, majorly the fears. Right. And from them, and from then on, she was never having uh, this social anxiety, as they call it, as they diagnose it nowadays. So it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that.
0: Completely agree. How do past traumatic experiences impact an individual's ability to make positive changes in their lives?
1: So traumas are simply experiences which happen through our past, but they have a strong emotional impact on ourselves, right? So what happens with people who go through trauma is that... uh, the brain tries to avoid the trauma, the trauma from happening again so for example if they started a business right and it failed terribly right and it was not an, not an easy experience so traumatic maybe because uh, they got laid off they lost their job lost their house right the brain will try to protect that experience from happening again so the next time this person thinks about starting a next uh, the next business venture, she, he or she will experience a very strong conflicting beliefs. In that one part of him is trying to say, "Okay, we can do it, we can start the business," but the other part is like, "No." don't want to do this because that's time when we did it you know it was so painful we went through this right so it's like you are in a car and you are stepping the brakes and the acceleration at the same time right so the brakes is the trauma which is the brain is trying to protect you from uh, creating or from experiencing that pain again but what the brain doesn't know is that this is now different right this you are now even if you lost in the business maybe it was because of some decisions you made right but because now maybe you have some more knowledge or more resources or team members right you have more financial or capabilities you can go and make the business venture succeed right so that is how trauma affects us it forms the conflicting beliefs in that the brain is trying to stop us from recreating the same experiences right based on the past not knowing that uh, the present now, it's a different time, different you, different knowledge, and different experience.
0: True. As a transformational coach, what are some ongoing personal development practices or strategies that you consistently use to grow and evolve in your own journey?
1: Okay, in my own journey, uh, there the many things that I do right now. But mainly, as I said before, it's based on the structures and the base and the basis that which i create my life on so for example there are few things which really matter and if you set them right the rest becomes comes in place or falls in place so i can talk about beliefs right so one belief that i constantly work on instilling in myself is that i am enough because most people are a right now Many of us are suffered from the belief of not being enough, right? I'm not enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not capable enough, right? I'm not confident enough. I am not worthy enough, right? So not being enough is uh, one of the main beliefs and root causes of a lot of problems in people, especially myself, as I struggled with it before, right? You know, as I told you of my uh, my journey, at that time, I had not enough was a lot. Even the belief not not enough to live, right, uh, that was among them. Which led to the other suicidal thoughts. So now, I, inst- I in- every day when I wake up in the morning is to um, begin my day with the feeling and the belief that hey, I am enough. I am capable enough. You know, I'm smart enough for the one who, for the one who, for the one who doesn't feel smart enough. I am capable enough. I am good enough, right? And uh, when you instill the belief that you are enough, it removes the need to look and get. And find anything outside of you because you are enough the way you are. And by that same enoughness belief, it means that everything you're looking for is within you, right? If I am enough, it means the confidence I am looking for is not outside but inside myself, right? If I am enough, it means that the success I am looking for is not outside, but it's within myself, right? If I am enough, it means the health I'm looking for is not outside, but it's within myself. If I am enough, it means that the joyful and loving Relationship I'm, I'm looking for isn't outside, but within myself. So, so the beliefs, right? Especially I'm enough. is one that I work with every single day, right? Every single day uh to keep it in check, right? To keep it in check, and uh, also being grateful, right? Which which matches because if you're enough, you become grateful, right? You don't need any external thing, you don't need any more thing. And the moment you are grateful and you're enough, now you can give. Especially with I, I don't wanna call it my job, but uh, what i do as a coach is that i really have to feel grateful to be able to give to people right to give these advices to give my time to give uh, that uh, person uh, the resources, the advice, and the solutions they need for their life, right? It really has to come from a place of gratitude that I thank God for the blessings I've had, the experiences I've had, right? And the knowledge and the insights. And from that, I've been able to form this methodology, which now I am grateful that I'm having it and now I can share it to other people. So yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on for me here.
0: Any message that you would like to convey to our listeners?
1: What I'd like to tell our listeners First, thank you for being here. Thank you for, you know, lending us, lending me, uh, your ears. And I believe this uh, session has been great and has been impactful and at the same time knowledgeable. I'd like to tell you is one thing in that the life that you want is so much available to you. I wish you knew that whether you're sick, you're tired, you're stressed traumas are befalling every now and then broken relationship you know you don't you don't feel or you feel like there is no way out i'm telling you there is indeed a way out there is indeed a way out don't listen to social media by the way the media will tell you there's no way out and the way out is to get your money and buy the cars and buy the ice creams to feel good and you know give up in the gym and end up in mcdonald's every single day and blah, blah 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 no but there is a way out to so every single thing you want. And it's easier than you thought. And it's effective than you thought, right? Maybe you didn't think, but because you have been fed the lie and the information, right? But I'm telling you, the life that you want, however big you think is, it is so much available. And it's just through small shifts, small changes, that can make a very big impact in you. So keep on going, keep on looking the life that you want is available to you the experiences the impacts you want to create the joys you want to have the dreams you want to create and you want to manifest them into a fusion and and then being a reality they're all available they're all possible and their ways so go for it you know don't give up never ever ever think of giving up right i've been where uh, i can say i've been in most positions Than maybe some of you and some of you may be even worse conditions than me right of maybe some other people right but i'm telling you however deep the hole may seem to be there is always a ladder long enough to pull you out of that hole okay however long the hole may seem to be there is there is always a ladder long enough to pull you out of that hole and the ladder is not even outside. It's not even found in Jupiter. It's, it's not even found in the next neighbor. It is found within you, within yourself. Thank you so much, Mitali, for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure to spend this time with you. And I hope, uh, and I hope you're gonna meet again next time. Uh, and you're gonna have this again uh, if uh, if you call me back. Uh, there will be so much available. And uh, thank you so much. Uh, talk to you soon.
0: That's a wonderful message, Zubair. Thank you so much for your time. It was lovely having you on the show. You can connect with Zubair through his website. Find the link in the episode description. So with this, we come to an end of this episode. Hope you liked it and the feedback would definitely do wonders. I would really appreciate it if you can subscribe to Self Talk Show. More episodes and more awareness is coming your way, so stay tuned and keep self-talking. You can reach out to me for questions, queries or suggestions at www.selftalkshow.com or email me at talk at the or through social media pages on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Thank you again and see you with another episode.